This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to invite you to follow the podcast on Telegram. Just search for Mr. Productivity. David Wood is a former consulting actuary, easy for me to say, to Fortune 100 companies. He built the world's largest coaching business, becoming number one on Google for life coaching and coaching thousands of hours in 12 countries around the globe. As well as helping others, David is no stranger to overcoming challenges himself, having survived, get this, a full collapse of his paraglider and a fractured spine, witnessing the death of his sister at age seven, anxiety and depression, and a national gong show. Mm. He coaches high-performing business owners to double revenue and t- and their time off by focusing on less and being 30% more courageous in their business or career. David, welcome to the show. Mark, thanks for having me on the show. I, I, you know, after reading that intro, which I kind of stumbled through, but uh, that's okay. That that's the beauty of podcasting. You you're a pretty impressive guy. I mean, I mean, you're not a hundred years old. You've had quite the experience in your life already. Well, you, the the first thing that came up for me was, yeah, I've done a lot. And then the other the next thought was, oh, I wonder if I should have done more. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So I, I got to ask you, you know, you talked about the full collapse of your paraglider and a fractured spine. Let's let's talk about that, because I have seen paragliding. I know my listeners have seen paragliding. Um, what do you mean when you say full collapse? You mean the whole unit like collapse? Yeah. So a paraglider is like a parachute, but you can fly further and you can stay up longer if you have uplift. Um and I, I was actually, I had two incidents, well, one incident, one accident. An incident is where I think no one gets hurt. Um, and I was in Bali and the paraglider collapsed suddenly and I'm plummeting towards the earth. And so that's what I mean by full collapse. And so I was 300 feet when it collapsed. And then at 80 feet above the ocean, I reinflated the wing and and uh and survived that one i walked away from that one but then the next year i think it was in colombia i was just about to touch down i was one foot off the ground one foot i was was so close uh and and i was landing on the top of a mountain and just one foot above the ground a little air bubble caught me picked me up and i didn't control the wing correctly and then i just had a partial collapse which meant the right side collapse and I fell from 10 or 15 feet above the ground onto my butt. And that's when I fractured my spine. And it was quite a day. Have you gone back paragliding since this incident? I have not. I decided that if I wanted to keep flying, I had to first watch accident videos. Okay. I had to make myself watch accident videos so I could see what was possible and what, what I was really up against. And I figured if I can still fly after watching those, those videos, and I realized I had two choices. I can either train to be one of the best pilots in the world and make it as safe as possible or let go of the sport. It was going to be one of those. I was not going to be in the middle anymore. And after watching those accident videos, I said, no, I want to keep my feet on the ground. I've got a hundred hours under my belt. I've touched the sky. I've jumped off a mountain in Nepal and gone up to 10,000 feet. 
and I'm still here. I'm still alive. So I sold my wing and then I couldn't justify a motorcycle if I can't justify a paraglider because they are apparently even more dangerous. So that was a bit of a sad day, but I want to keep my feet on the ground and I've decided I, I want to live. You know, you, you said keep your feet in the ground twice. And I remember my my, uh, my wife sells cruises for a living and she's always trying to get me to go on a cruise, which I won't because Casey Kasem, the American Top 40, ended the show by saying keep your feet in the ground and keep reaching for the stars. So even the wise Casey Kasem said you shouldn't go on a cruise. So let's talk about, I, I know you talked to me before we started. You're, you're, you're really passionate about a couple topics, courage transparency and playing full out. So which one do you want to tackle first? Let's do playing full out. I, it, it lights me up the idea of like, regardless of what you're interested in and what you want, it lights me up the idea of diving in like full immersion because most people are not, most people are just skimming the surface or they're dipping their toe in the water of whatever you dip your toe in. Um, and uh, one guy has had me on his podcast five times, and one thing he noticed, and I didn't even know this about me, is that when there's something I really care about, I often go way further than other people would think of to go, and um, that's a fun topic for me. Plain full out. Now, what I think is interesting is, you know, the National Football League is going to be returning, you know, well, they went back to training camp. They'll be returning in another couple of weeks uh, with, you know, exhibition games. During preseason, pre the players, like, they're going through the motions because nobody wants to get hurt. But then they go, they tend to go all out most times. I mean, you do have some lazy players. But I look at Tom Brady. I mean, this guy is a legend. I think he's like 800 years old or something like that. And he goes out there and he doesn't just play full out physically. Actually, I don't think he plays full out physically anymore. But mentally, this guy is so wired into to the game. He can read any defense that the opposing team throws at him. And so I think, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this, playing full out is not just physically, it's also mentally, right? I think, yeah, I think it can be. I'll give you an example. I was just thinking of, um, I, like, I like games and I like to get good at games. I don't, I don't just dabble. And that's, that's a valid way. You might be like, so there's one computer game. And if you just want to dabble, you could just play a little bit once a day or once a week. Um, but I wanted to get better. So what do you do? Well, I started with YouTube videos and I'd watch. And then um, I hired a coach. And uh, this is for a video game, right? But it didn't cost, didn't cost a lot per hour. And um, I was putting a lot of time into it, so it made sense. And then I realized if you want to get really good – you, there's a certain key set up on your computer. So I had to change everything I knew about the game and relearn from the beginning with different keys mm. so that I'd be more efficient. Now, that was, a, that was like a two-week investment that made me terrible for two weeks, but I was looking at the long term. And then I realized the fact that I was looking down at the computer to type meant that I couldn't see who was attacking me on the screen. So if I wanted to get really good, I would have to learn how to use the computer without looking at all. So I covered my hand with a towel. So I, even if I looked down, I could not see where the keys were and I had to learn how to do it. I also tried playing in the dark for a while. Again, another two weeks, terrible. 
terrible. But now when I sit down, uh, I've reached a level of mastery, which is really fun. Now, listeners, you may not care about a computer game, but there might be a language you want to learn. There might be a celebrity you want to reach. I just decided I want to get into acting because I've done related performances all my life, but almost no pure acting. I'm like, what is this stuff? Now, again, you could just dabble a little bit, but I found myself uh, listening to a podcast. I found myself downloading a book and reading a book on the Meissner technique. I found myself seeing if there are local classes and that guy said, yeah, you can come and audit this class for free. And then I started telling my friends, uh, I think I even posted on Facebook, I might move to LA next year and pursue acting full time. You start putting that out to the universe. And then a friend of mine said, you know, there's an audition for a local play, uh, Dracula, and I'm going to go. Do you want to come? I said, yes. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to, I'm going to go. And before I got to the audition, I bought the script, which you didn't have to do. I memorized the scenes we're reading for, which you didn't have to do. I learned a German accent on uh, YouTube, which no one else did. So I had a German accent and a British accent for this audition, and I hired a coach for one hour. Oh, plus I got some different scene partners to read for me. So I like that's an example for me of like how far can you go? And then I went and auditioned for this thing, and they offered me the lead in the play, my first play in fifty years. So, what what is it that you really want? And you might decide to dabble. That's totally fine. But if you really want it, most other people are dabbling. So what would full out look like for you? Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. That right there is gold, what you just gave us, because a lot of people, I don't know, let me ask this question. This question just literally popped in my mind. Why do you think so many people are just, if they dabble at all, is it because they, they don't want to put in the work? Is it the mindset issue? Why do you think most people don't want to play full out? They say they want this goal, but they don't want to go full out like you just did. Hmm. I wonder if partly, partly we just don't see it, right? We were going about our life and you can't play full out and everything. You got no time for that. I was fortunate enough to do a personal growth course when I was 27 years old. And uh, I thought I was just going to get in and get out. And I, I didn't want to be a self-help junkie. Well, now I am a self-help junkie. I love it. And um, one by the time I did the third course, they said, this course is about how to be unstoppable in life. And I didn't even know that I was stoppable. Um, <laughs> but they, you know, they'd encourage me like, well, what else could you do? And, and um, it was designed, the course was designed that there would be some things that are impossible. And I had to keep on asking myself, what else could I do? What could be done? Like, I promised that I'd, I'd attend every course night. And then there was one I, I couldn't do, or I said I couldn't do, I didn't want to do because something was so important. And they said, what else could you do? How could you have it all? How could you have this? And, and I said, it's not even possible. And then the leader said, what if you enrolled all 30 people in this course in changing the night 
to Thursday. So you can still attend and have what you want. I was like, damn, 30 people. <laughs> but but I like where the thinking was going. And then he said, what if you jumped on a plane and flew to Miami next week and made up that extra course night in Miami? So you did it in another town. I hadn't thought about that. Ah. Right? So they got me thinking, like, how do I empower everybody here instead of it's it's yes or a no or it's black or it's white? And so I think one reason we may not play full out is we don't see the possibilities. We haven't we haven't asked ourselves or we haven't had a coach saying, well, hang on, let's not give up yet. What could you do if you had to make this happen? And then the second thing that came up is it can be scary. It can be scary to play full out because if I don't play full out and it doesn't work, then that's the reason. But if I gave it everything I want, if I really pursued this woman I'm interested in and I still get a no, or Alan Alder is a celebrity. Uh, he was Hawkeye Pierce in MASH. Yep. And there was a time I never had to say that. But now now that <laughs> I, I, I'm older, I have to say it. Um, I love that guy and I've wanted to spend time with him for probably 30 years. And... um you know, I keep talking about it in my head. And then finally, I was imagining being on a podcast and telling the story of pursuing Alan Older and saying, I just don't know how to reach him. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. I do. I know what to do. So I finally reached out. He's got a Patreon group where you pay a certain amount of money per month. And then as part of that, you get to be on a Zoom call with him once a month. So finally, I went and got on a Patreon. And then eventually, the Zoom call happened. And I was the first with my hand up only 50 people on the call, which I thought was still pretty good odds, but I was the first with my hand up and I got to ask my question. And one of my questions was, what would it take for you to say yes to hanging out with me on a podcast talking about life and how to make life better? And I have not gotten a yes, but he said, reach out to my producer and we'll see what we can make happen. And I've sent six emails to his producer, gentle, uh, polite emails and with her permission to follow up. So it's still alive. And and that's not playing full out. I want to make the distinction. Um, I, think, I think I don't want it enough. I think I don't want it enough to really, like I could write him a letter. I could, um, I could keep asking my network, does anyone know Alan Alder? Anything you could, you know, I, there are other things I could do, but my brain isn't working on it, which says to me, I've already partially scratched that itch by hanging out with him on a podcast. If people call my cell phone now, they get Alan Alder's voice answering my cell phone, which tickles me <laughs> no end. Uh, so, yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, I can relate what you just said, and I know the listener can as well, because there's a couple of guests I really want to have on my show, but I have only dabbled into reaching out to them. I really haven't gone all out. And I think you just gave me part of my answer. Is it really that important? Because if it was, I would probably do more. So I'm like, it'd be nice to have him on there, but you know, like I invited Gary Vanderchuk to be on my podcast. He said, you know, three years ago, he said, let me know. Cause Gary's one of these guys, super entrepreneur, but he doesn't look at the download numbers. If he's got time to schedule, he'll hop on. And I'm like, is if it was that important, I would be hounding him more. And I haven't reached out to him again because, you know, I, 
he's busy. I'm busy. And is it a priority for me? Cause you and I are both busy. We can't do everything. We certainly can't play all out. But one of the things I think people don't play all, all out. And I'd like to know your response to my answer is one of the things I see the reason why people aren't productive. It comes down to laziness. What do you think about that? Well, hearing that I, what came up for me is, uh, I often occur to myself as very lazy, uh, you know, today I woke up, I felt tired. I'm like, I don't want to do work today. Uh, is that lazy? Is it just realizing my own experience? I don't know. Um, so I think I isolate between laziness and I just don't want to do it. Uh, and sometimes trying to talk myself into it. Like, hey, David, I know you want to play that that computer game. How about you get your bills handled? How about you do a podcast interview, you do a coaching session, and then you do one thing that really matters for your business. And then you can take off, right? I, I do I do games with myself to get my, it's like, I think we're all parenting ourselves. And it's like having a small kid running around. Look, I know you want the ice cream, but you need to eat dinner first. Um, so yeah, I do think some people, uh, can be lazy. And I don't think that's a problem. It's a problem if it comes up against something you really do want. Mm. And that's why with my clients, we usually start with what's it look like in 12 months time that would have you do the happy dance? Like what would really light you up that you'd be calling all your friends and say, like when I got this, this um, offer to play Dracula in the play, I, I called my roommate who was in the house. I called him. I'm like, Dude, I can't believe it. You know, I called everybody. Um, that's the question. What would have you want to call everyone? Have you be really excited? Because if there are goals that your left brain says, oh, this would be a good idea and you write it down, but you really don't care about it, that laziness is probably going to show up. And that's, that's fine. That's how it's supposed to work. So let's pick stuff that you really care about so that you do want to jump out of bed and go for it. You do want to get uh, all the strategies. You do want to join a mastermind or, or, or get a coach or a therapist to help you because this really matters. That's a game worth playing in my book. So we have to address the elephant in the room. We titled this, or I titled this episode, Name That Mouse. And I got to believe people clicked on this episode and go, okay, here we are, 18 minutes in the episode. They haven't talked about a mouse yet. So why did I suggest we name this episode, name that mouse? Because that is the title of my upcoming book. It's called name that mouse. And the subtitle is because the elephant isn't the only animal in the room. Mm. And the, the, the whole concept came about because I was in a course, I was helping to teach a course to coaches on how to, how to be real in a corporate setting and how to bring personal growth work to a corporate setting. And one woman was so excited. She kept saying, oh, look, I just got to say, you've got to name the thing. And we're like, what do you mean? What are you talking about? She said, you've got to name the thing. What thing? Whatever the thing is, you've got to name it. And what she was talking about is um, what's your internal experience? Like when you mentioned Laziness, what came up for me is I often think of myself as very lazy. So I named that. That's a mouse. 
Uh, she says, you know, suppose you're at a meeting and the, someone's five minutes late and you're not saying anything, you don't want to rock the boat, but now that's in between you. That's a mouse. Mm. And I started thinking of that was so powerful. Name the thing. Even if you don't fix the thing, even if the other person doesn't fix the thing, just in naming it, there's power because now we can get connected about what's actually happening instead of some story of what's happening. And I got excited by it. And over the next six months, 12 months, I thought, what do we already relate to in society? What's an expression we already know about that's related to transparency? And I couldn't think of one other than we all know about the elephant in the room. You see it. I see it. No one's saying anything, right? That's a really big creature in the room. But so many creatures in the room are much more subtle. I might be feeling tired. I might be feeling happy. I might be feeling sad. I'm, my foot might be uh, bugging me. Just before we started, my dog was outside the door and I could have let it, I could have tried to let it go. I heard a bark and I'm like, oh, am I going to hear that for the next, next hour? <laughs> right. That's a mouse. Now I could have just said just one second and I could have gotten up on the door and done it and not even told you what I was doing. Eh, it could be a little bit, bit weird, but that could work. But instead I said, let me just let the dog in. And I could have gone further and shared more about my experience and said, that way I can really settle while this happens. And then you told me about your dog and how what you have to do. And we get to relate a, a, around this. Now I've deliberately chosen. No, I didn't deliberately choose it, but I'm happy that it's a happy accident that I've chosen a very mild example here. And these mice come in micro varieties like that. Oh, I'm just going to let my dog in. And they come in macro varieties. Um, I started realizing recently that uh, I wasn't feeling totally happy with the roommate that I have in the house. It's, it's kind of a share situation, tenancy situation. And I wasn't feeling good about it. And I've kept it to myself for some time. And then finally something blew up and there was an event. And I realized I want someone who communicates differently. I want someone who can communicate through charge and with more kindness and <clears throat> this isn't working for me. That's a pretty big mouse. It's not an elephant because he doesn't see it yet, right? <clears throat> Sometimes I see it and I don't know if you see it. I wonder if you see it. And so I can check in. We call that a reality check mouse. Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast. Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stuchowski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to mrproductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. I love that. And just so the listener understands uh, what David was talking about, before I do a podcast, I have to do two things. We have a 45-pound lab mix, and when she barks, she barks. And so the two things I have to do is I have to block off our kitchen because our kitchen overlooks the street. And when her doggy friends come by, she likes to say hello. The other thing is I put this little shock collar on her. It's got a beep. I don't never shock my dog. And I got the beeper right next to me. So I've got to do these little things because it's not like a soft bark. But like David says, I don't have to go in. I'm explaining it to you now because David brought it up. But, you know, how many mouses, mouses, mice, how many mice do you have? <laughs> That's the proper English. How many mice do you have running around your life that if you just name them, you're, you're, you know, they're there, but you're just like, 
you're pushing the thought away. But if you're don't feel like doing anything, then name it. That's what David's saying. Name it. Say, look, I'm going to be lazy today. And I, I think that's better than if you say, well, I'm just going to tell myself a story or I'm going to ignore it. Just name it and, and see how you feel. I, I love that. I think naming that mouse is brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. It's, it sounds to me so trivial. It seems like such a, like a tiny thing to do just in a way. It's like, Oh, I'm just, I'm just going to name my experience. I'm going to name the feelings I'm having. I'm going to name more of the thoughts that, that I'm having. So the other person knows who's, who's with them right now. But I really believe these are the keys to the kingdom. Now it's not always easy. Sometimes it's awkward. And, you know, I name, I've been at this for some time. So I might name some mice that, that others might choose not to name because I've, I found an artful way to do it. And others might go, Oh, I don't know how to do that artfully. So I'm just going to leave that one alone. All right. That makes sense. <laughs> Sometimes it's really edgy for me to do it and it might be uncomfortable. I'll give you an example of a really edgy one. Uh, I went to a course recently and one of the, one of the um, people in the course that was helping me to assist the course was someone that I, I'm attracted to and I have been for some time. And I just discovered that she's in a relationship with someone else. And um, I decided not to say anything. I didn't, I didn't want to bring it up because that, that could be awkward for her, awkward for me. But we were talking about other things and we were naming more mice and I felt so connected with her. I said, look, I just want to name something. You don't have to do anything with it. And I want to make it clear I'm not making a play for you. Um, I feel a little bit of jealousy and, and, and like FOMO, like I'm missing out. And, and, and like, oh, maybe if I'd taken more action back then, maybe something might have happened with us. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to get you. I support your relationship. I honor it. I'm just letting you, letting you know. I want to name it so I can let that go. And I want that in between us. And we got to talk about that. We got to chat about it. And I think left on a really good note. Um, so that's an example where I could totally see someone deciding not to do it. You say, you know, you go and tell a friend about it and release a charge that way. You don't have to share everything. <clears throat> but I, I believe maybe up as high as nine times out of 10, there can be upside in sharing it, even if it's just that you feel more peaceful, more grounded, uh, maybe some feelings come up, you get to talk about those and end up stronger and more connected. Probably nine times out of 10, it's worth it. Maybe one time out of 10, hey, you, you, I got a friend who was going to stay at someone's house. She discovered the other person's house was really messy. The other person's a hoarder. Mm. And she's like, wow, I don't want to stay there now. Now, look, is she going to go and say, I'm not going to stay there because you're a hoarder and I think it looks atrocious? No, you know, not all that information isn't necessary to pass on to someone else, but she's probably going to share, hey, I've, I've chosen to stay somewhere else and thank you so much for, for offering. That was really kind of you. And maybe we can catch up for lunch instead of living together for three days. So when is your book out? The book is coming out um, by January, and you don't have to wait, listeners. We wrote a, a mini book for people who don't want to wait, and it's a condensed version. It's got illustrations of the mice. There are six different categories, and I'm not going to give them all away, 
One's a reality check mouse and one is a confession mouse. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And it's, and it's a really great primer on how to start practicing right now with your kids, with your uh, partner, with your business partner, with your staff, with your boss, um, with anybody. You can start practicing, hey, I just want to – you might even introduce the language. Say, I want to name a mouse with you. Are you familiar with that expression? No? Well, it's like an elephant in the room, but much smaller. Much smaller. I just, I just want to name it so I can feel close to you or name it so I can let it go and move on or name it, you know, whatever your reason is. And, uh, see people in our society, we're not used to naming something for the sake of naming it. We don't have that. If you bring up something, it's, it's often assumed that it's a problem that's got to be fixed, particularly for men. And I feel like I can say that because I identify as a man. And if there's a problem, I want to fix it. There's a nail. I got to grab a hammer <laughs> and uh, and and use it. But it really is sometimes someone might just need to name something. I just want to bring it out into the open so it's not scurrying around in the background. And um, and maybe that's it. Uh, so I'll sometimes say, I just want to name something with something with you, and you don't have to do anything. You don't have to fix it, or whatever. I'm okay with my experience. I just want to name it so I can be more present right now. That's a game changer. That whole concept. Oh, you're just naming something. All right, I got it. Thank you. Excellent. Well, final question I have for you, sir, is where can we go to find out more about you and what you're doing in the world? Thank you. I have a special link that'll take listeners to a hidden page on my site. And there are, there are a gift basket of goodies there. I created a cheat sheet on how to achieve twice as much in half the time. There's a link to, um, Name that mouse so you can get the, the, the mini book, which you call a trailer or a preview. Um, and if you're interested in coaching, if you lead a team or you own your own business and you want to go further and faster and work on yourself as well as your business, cause I, I'm not willing to just do one. It's more fun for me to work on the whole picture. Then, uh, you go to this link too and you can click on coaching and get on the phone with me for five minutes. We'll see if we're fit and you can do all of those things at myfocusgift.com. That's myfocusgift.com. All right, David, an incredible conversation. I want to thank you for sharing your insights with us. Cause I certainly learned a lot. I know the listener did as well. So thank you for being on the show today. My pleasure. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up, absolutely free. Just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.